Private Suite Magazine interview series. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you for joining us. We have a very special guest today. We always have special guests, don't we? <laughs> Everybody. And it's someone I've been looking forward to having on the show for a long time, just like everybody else. But I mean it. I mean it this time, okay? Desert Sand Feels Warm at Night is here in the suite. Welcome, my friend. How are you? Hello. It's an absolute honor to be here. It's an honor to have you. <laughs> it truly yeah, is. You know, this is something I've been looking forward to for quite a long time now. So yeah, it should be great. Yeah, we start. We planned it out a while back, and yeah, there's just yeah. there's so many interviews to do. It's it's hard to <laughs> organize them all. I know. And then the internet thing happened last week, where I completely lost it for three days, yeah. and that was when we were going to do. Originally, I thought, what the hell? Why at any other time of the year, apart from that one day that I needed it, just went. Yeah, I saw your tweet about that. People were were really sad to see you down. It was like two hundred likes. I know the sand. The sand was cold for a few days. It really was. Yeah. Well, we have an, we have a, we have some problems outside apparently. I just heard that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that probably won't happen again. If it does, I'll, I'll close the door. It's raining here in Toronto. It's raining in the desert. <laughs> well, it's actually clear here, but yeah, we'll, we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if you can hear it. Um, you probably can't hear it because Discord, likely this the sensitivity won't pick it up. But uh, my mic in general might. So maybe I'll keep some of it in. Or maybe yeah, I'll. But who cares? It's aesthetic, isn't it? You know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll. If it doesn't, I'll add some some fake rain sounds. Yeah, yeah. People have got to hear that, haven't they? Get the atmosphere going. Well, exactly. I, I, I want to ask you about rain, actually. But um, first, let's kind of get into the show. So I want to introduce you. You're a vaporwave artist. You've been making music now for maybe almost two years, right? Well, you're making uh, under the Desert Sand project, I should say. Well, yeah, it's been. Um, well, actually, with the Desert Sand, it's only been just. It's coming up to a year. Um, oh my god! This this August, I know <laughs> it's happened all so quickly, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Well, I say, oh my god, because you have like, was it sixteen records now after the one you just released um, alone? I think something like that. Yeah, that's a lot for one year. And I'm a pro- I'm a productive man, <laughs> apparently. And your records aren't just you know. Sometimes we see a record that's a bunch of short songs, like one minute long, and there's twenty of them. But you have a record where there's twenty songs, and they're four minutes long each, or three minutes, and some records that are almost two hours long. How do you find the time for that? That must be such an arduous like quality control process. Well. <laughs> It's, um, 
I don't know, maybe I do just have a lot of free time, but really I just, I, I'm a sucker for like long albums and, you know, I feel like in my head, the longer the better. So when I make a track that's like two minutes, I think, no, that's, no, I can't have that. I'm going to have to make that four minutes. So I, you know, I might take some sections and stuff like that and, and paste it across, but mm-hmm. I try to, I try to not make it long for the sake of it being long. You know, I actually, there are a few short tracks in that, that one that you were talking about, the 20 track, um, the alone album that, that has, um, some very short ones. But I felt like they had they had to be short because if you made it long, it would just get repetitive and quite boring, you know. Yeah, sure. It's a loop, but I just loopy. yeah, yeah. Not um. Sometimes loopy, or sometimes I go back to the original sample and I think, is there another section I could probably take from this? And when I do that, that's when I end up making like the twenty, the fifteen, twenty minute tracks. Yeah. Um. But it's all good fun, you know. Hmm. Well, I guess you're. A, I should say you're also a slush wave artist in particular that's what people mm. would call you i think i don't know if yeah. you would agree necessarily but um that genre certainly lends itself to having longer songs yeah it definitely does because you know obviously in ambient music there are longer songs and the whole idea of slush wave is making a a very ambient piece of vaporwave and having the ability to turn a sample into this sort of well, it's like a slush of sound, isn't it? It's just like layers upon layers upon layers of just goodness, you know. It's and it it creates the it's, length itself, really. Yeah, it's thick. It is. It is thick. It's <laughs> that's why it's called slush wave. Yeah, it's not just any old like you know soda or something. It is thick. It is chilled. It is good. Thick shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Very cool. So, how are you? Um, what did you get up to last night? How's England? <laughs> Well, um, I'm actually good, and um, today I've just not done much. I, like I said earlier, I had a lion because um, I knew I'd be doing this, and it's quite late now. But you know, it's it's all good. Um, that would mean my, you slept in, right? Yes, I did. A lion <laughs> I did, and I, okay. I had. Yes, yeah, sorry, that's English terms, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> all good. <laughs> I apologise, everyone. No, but um, I'll try and stay we, aware. Yes, we Brits have many different uh, words. You know, like it's like the chips and crisps thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Chips and fries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, the last night again was not doing much, um, but I w- have been working a lot recently on the next original Slush Wave album because um, I have a few collabs. I have one with Cat System Corp and with Valerie, so it's going to be very nice. Oh, dang! That's exciting. Yeah. It is very exciting, yeah. So it's it's going to be a good one, yeah. Okay, any idea when we can? Any hints and when we can expect that? Or? At the moment, I even I don't know myself because I'm just sort of making them and and, and working with you know Cat System and Valerie yeah. with it, and it's it's just it's just happening at the moment. There's no like I'm going to release it here. I'm going to, but definitely this year, I think. We're in the eye of the storm. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so uh, that's really cool man and how's and how is um is britain yeah well um the politics side is a bit messy at the moment oh yeah I <laughs> heard you about that. Know. yeah yeah and uh the, the prime minister resigned so they're trying to fight for a new uh, prime minister at the moment so but apart from that apart from that um actually i would say 
all right, but we've had some really shit weather here recently. It's, well, where I am anyway, we have we've had rain for the past two weeks, and it's been the wettest county in the whole of Britain and the whole of England. Oh, uh, so any flooding yeah, or been... anything? Or yes, yeah. yes. Um, our main town is surrounded by a river, and literally the the lower parts of it, like where the car parks and things are, all flooded. You couldn't get in there. It was absolute chaos. You can't park anywhere. So you can't go to the shops and. Oh, it's just a nightmare that is at that point it's like hey do we have to do we have to worry now do we need to stock up on shit do we have propane do we have gas <laughs> like are, you start yeah, where's the bread right? where's the milk where's the eggs yeah. that sort of thing isn't it yeah yeah um so the only car park basically in the whole town which is at least like a hundred thousand people was this one little multi-story car park because it was the only one that went above ground <laughs> <laughs> And it was packed all week, but there we are. It's it's sort of cleared now. Oh, that's good. I can finally. Uh, I bet you had a list of things you needed to to, to do. And you had to delay. Well, I actually, <laughs> I actually had to get my. I know. I know exactly. That wasn't actually because of the rain. That was because um, the idiots working on the lines. They were going to upgrade it to fiber optic, and then the idiots working on the lines like broke it or something. They and never learned. They never learn. No, that it's just lazy, isn't it? Laziness. Yeah. Um, but but yes, I actually had to go and get my tape deck fixed in in that town, and I actually couldn't do it. I had to get it done this week, so I had a whole week without my cassettes as well. Oh no! <laughs> it was terrible. Um, but yeah, there we go. It's fixed now, so I'm I'm happy, man. Good. Again. What was the problem? <laughs> um, one of the um. One of the eject buttons just got jammed. It just wouldn't move, and I, it's quite an expensive one. I didn't want to like, pry it open and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. and what actually turned out is one of the um, one of the wheels or something in there had got dislodged, and it and in its in its head it was thinking, "Oh, there's a cassette in here," but there wasn't. That's why I wasn't ejecting. Oh, because it thought true. it was playing something. You said two, so it's a dual deck. Do you do you dub anything on that or? It does have a double option, but I've never really. I'm not that technically. Um, that's why I got. That's why I had to take it down somewhere to get it fixed because I know nothing about how they work or, or you yeah. know stuff like that. I just, I just play cassettes and I like them. And mm-hmm. um, if I was going to dub anything, I would probably use that. I'm, or I maybe buy something a bit more professional for dubbing because it's more of a playing thing. Yeah, true. Well, I, I don't know. I, I just I love the cassette aesthetic i think a lot of people do that's why they sell so bloody well yeah i've i've got a couple (laughs) yes yeah well cool that's awesome uh england sounds wet (laughs) it's always wet yeah yeah. (laughs) so um when it's not raining what do you like to do like day-to-day sort of thing what are your hobbies well um I do a lot of walking. I do like walking challenges and um, hiking challenges. And um, last year we did. I did the biggest one ever. I did thirty-five miles in one day, Woo! which was uh, over seven mountains. Oh my! <laughs> so the terrain is all hard to work with. Yeah, up, down, up, down, up, down. Yeah, rocks. Um, luckily, and... the weather on that day was not wet, and we finished it. I think in fifteen hours oh. and one minute. I think. Wow. Well, good so, for you, man. Can, round of applause. That's a that's a lot of that's a 
commitment and a dedication, you know? It was bloody hard, I tell you. It was re- <laughs> My legs afterwards, they've been molded into the shape of my walking boots, <laughs> and I trying to remove them was like removing, yeah. you know, like removing the screen protector from your phone. It just <laughs> stuck to the thing. It's ridiculous. Oh, geez. Crazy. <laughs> so hiking, yep. you're a hiker. Yeah, you sound like an outdoorsy kind of guy. You kind of live... Yes. Um, in the in a more rural environment, I would say, right? Is that right? I definitely do. I live deep in the English countryside, about fifty miles each way from the nearest city. Um, and where, where I actually live, we're sort of on top of a hill, so all the cars that you hear below just you can't hear them. So if you step outside, it's just absolute silence. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's... that's where I get a lot of my inspiration from. I think. Yeah, no, that's I can imagine. That sounds beautiful. And we have a quite nice view looking over because um, at the top of our house, uh, you can sort of look down and the hills just go down from there. So you sort of, well, not that high up, but you can see quite a fair way into the distance, you know, with the pylons running down in, and showing this, the depth. It's very nice. It sounds like a nice place for photography. Yes, Um Yes, a lot of friends I know do photography, and they do very well because <laughs> because of the amazing scenery around here. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 beautiful place to live in. Beautiful, apart from the weather, but you know. Yeah, somehow you you painted a clear enough picture for me to guess that. <laughs> <laughs> that that's cool, and uh, it's neat that it inspires your work as well. Um, so I kind of want to ask you a couple questions about that, your work. Yeah, I do. So how did it all get started? Like, how did you get into music? At what point in your life did you recognize, you know, so you're like, I, I want to make this. Yes. Well, I think we'll have to go back, um, goodness, way back into, I think it was 2007, um, when my dad came home one day and he bought this electric keyboard and he plunked it in front of me and he said, right, we're going to make you have piano lessons now. <laughs> and I said, what, what? I, I, I don't even know music that well. So that's how it started, this sort of way that I like music. And um, I was going through that for a few years and I was beginning to listen to more music. And because I was doing the piano, I was beginning to understand music theory. And then I was going into more experimental depths of music. And I was really enjoying it. And I was... I was young at the time, but I was still sort of eager to do something, you know, even though I couldn't, but it, I always had it in the back of my head. Like I want, I want to make something. I want to make something like this. I want to do something similar to this. You need to um, frame that piano, that synth, put it on the wall. Do you still have it? I do. It is right, no way. right in my uh, studio back at the house. It is. And it's, it's <laughs> what I use all the time because it's a full 88 key MIDI keyboard. Oh, and it's bloody brilliant. That's a big one. It is a big one, yeah. It has to stand. We had to buy a stand for it, um, but yeah. it's it's good. It's great, and it, it works like a beauty. Everything still works on it. It even has its own speakers that still work very well. What brand is it? It's a Yamaha. Yeah, trusty. Yeah, trusty. I think it's a portable, portable grand something or other. Cool. Because they made a whole range of those in the two thousands. Hmm. Well, shout out to your dad. We... <laughs> I know, I know. If it wasn't for him, I don't know where I'd be. I'd probably be like in a shop, you know, behind the till. Yeah, <laughs> something. <laughs> so yeah, because I, I'm sort of shaping my whole career because I'm going off to university in September, um, doing music technology, doing music production, and I'm sort of shaping my life around music. I always think 
where would I be if I if that if this never happened? You know, what would I be doing? No idea. I wonder <laughs> if any of your classmates will know you by by name by the time you you're ready to enroll <laughs> or they're ready for you. Well, you can because well, that, that'll be interesting. Like, there probably won't be. There's less people that are established, I imagine, that are going to university for the first time. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting, isn't it, to see what happens. But um, it's been a bloody long process to get there. But <laughs> I think it'll definitely be worth it in the end. And I'm hoping in the future to take a, a career down that path. So it'll, even if I drop you know, making music, I'll always be my job or a hobby or something like that. For sure, for sure. So Definitely. just just to to backpedal a little bit, so you got mm -hmm. the keyboard. Um, w at what point did you decide you wanted to make vaporwave? Wow. Okay, making vaporwave came quite a lot later. Um, I suppose I could talk about the development because I think it was about 2010. I made my first ever I'll put in quotations album. Mm -hmm. uh, it was I think it was six songs, and it was it was like sort of chip tune random stuff that I was because I played a lot of games back then I was just inspired by that sort of the sort of 80s 90s gaming sort of thing mm -hmm. that's great um, I'm still into that stuff yeah it's great but the album I made was far from it, it was I, I still have it on my computer and it is it is dreadful absolutely dreadful <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was the first album so you know it, I, I was so I was so happy I was like oh my god look I've done something yeah um I just downloaded a picture from the internet, you know, didn't even care about copyright then. So, um, <laughs> but what I, what I then sort of did is as I was moving through school, I actually started to learn Mandarin Chinese uh, as like a class thing. And what I do to help the learning is listen to Chinese music because I was into music and I thought, okay, this, you know, I'm not really a film person. I'm not really, you know, that sort of thing. So why don't I just listen to music? That'll help me learn the language. That's that's yeah. really cool. So that was an elective in school. Yeah, yeah. So so you could choose um, what you wanted to do. There was like French and German, all the stuff, but there was also Chinese. And I was, I was like, that's different. That's cool. That that's that could take you places, you know. Because mm -hmm. China's huge. And uh, yeah, and then I started listening to all this Chinese music, and and from there I was led into you know, more sort of uh, 80s Chinese stuff. And then because of that, I started listening to the Japanese stuff. And this was not for learning. This was just because I really liked it at this point. Yeah. Um, and I was listening to it all on Spotify. And then one day, I don't know what Spotify's algorithms were doing, but they sort of clicked on the Japanese. And it came up on my sort of weekly feed, you know, with this, the Discover Weekly. It said that there was a telepath track there. Oh damn! And I was like, "What?" I was like, "What's this?" Yeah, and I I clicked on it and I loved it and I looked up Telepath and I looked up what he was doing, what the genre was, and the rest was history from there. I just I I found Vaporwave through Telepath through listening to That's, actual Japanese eighties music. That is crazy! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> like most people, I know it's 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 quite a different angle, isn't it? From mm -hmm. a lot of people are like floral shop or the memeing and stuff. But... Exactly. Yeah. That all passed over my head. I didn't know that until it was 2017. I discovered it, so it was very late. But yeah, so was it like ambient Chinese music or like traditional or pop, pop Chinese pop? Like what? What? It was. It was basically Chinese pop. But the way that the Chinese did it in the 80s was they had these beautiful uh, synth riffs, 
um, which they then carried on throughout the tracks. And it was all, it was kind of ambient. And there are actually some some of the tracks like you'll get a random track in in a pop album, which is very ambient because they really like that sort of music. Um, so it is it's it's more of a relaxed pop, but there are occasional songs that are very um, sort of upbeat and and they have a very strong bass and they're very they're very much more sort of Western pop. Mm. But a lot of it is very similar to J-pop, so yeah, or city pop stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, I had my city pop article come out today. Woo! <laughs> I'm so excited, man. I wrote that thing like four months ago. Oh, really? I think, yeah. <laughs> it was the first thing I did for Private Suite ever. Man, how did you how did you manage to hold that in without getting so excited? Yeah, it's, it's all coming out. <laughs> yeah, check yeah. it out, issue seven, if you like city pop. I mean, or if not, it's a history one, so you can learn about the history, and there's some suggested music in there. And what I wanted to do, actually, I thought of this idea today, and maybe I'll do it in future issues but is to put a little a link at the beginning of the article that i'll say click here to accompany to be accompanied by some appropriate music for your reading experience you know oh wow well that is good idea man you gotta do that yeah i'll definitely do it next time i think it's too late now (laughs) though it's funny it came out on monday if only my brain was faster (laughs) that sounds like a bloody brilliant idea though you've got to do that yeah yeah, I'll let you, I'll let you know. I'll figure out uh, yeah, please do, something yeah. cool. Um, but yeah, so to get back to you, that's a really interesting story, man. The, the you know, learning the language, yeah. becoming invo- interested in the music as a byproduct of helping yourself study almost, and then we're in an age where you can just go on Spotify and get it. You didn't have to like go to a record store or something you know even even before we had spotify we still had youtube and things like that but just way harder to find new stuff right if you knew what you were looking for maybe it'd be a bit easier but exactly and there were even things like um nico nico.jp which is another very big um platform where they share japanese and chinese mainly japanese pop but some chinese pop as well Mm -hmm. and that's been around for a long time i think since 2009 or 2010 something like that so exactly yeah it's always been there it's always been accessible yeah but it's just i don't know it's the fact that it was on spotify is what led you to telepath if it was on that website you would not have gotten telepath from it precisely no no not at all yeah (laughs) so it's like the perfect arrangement of events to to lead us it to is, this I know. it's moment. like i should be thanking um spotify for giving me my career thank <laughs> thank buddha <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, man spotify what a great platform that is yeah i use google music myself yeah it's not um, bad yeah i talked about it in the tupperwave episode that'll be coming out soon um, actually, no. it may have already come out by the time this one comes out. But you can upload your own tracks to your account. So, like, the most Vaporwave you can't find on Spotify. But I can find it on my Google Music version of Spotify because I've uploaded all that shit. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and, like, sorted it. And it's, like, a beautiful thing that I'm obsessed over organizing. <laughs> 
Yeah. I could just imagine like each folder just beautifully handcrafted. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so your dad got you the keyboard. He did. I'm just going through the the events. Did we cover everything? Well, we haven't actually talked about how I started making the uh, vape wave, but yeah, production. That's yeah. We can talk about that. One of one of my later questions, but let's do it. How do you do okay. it? How do I do it? Um, <laughs> um, some guy recently came up to me and said, "I put reverb on this track and I put a phase on it, and it sounds nothing like you. What the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> um, because I. <laughs> I built up my sound. You got the wrong recipe. <laughs> yeah, he he was looking through some old secondhand books. I've got the brand new one. Yeah. No. Um, I I have I've built up my sound over quite a long time. You know, like it's taken me like seven seven or eight months to um to get this far. Um, and it's it's been a process of building up layers. Like when I first started, um, you can hear in my first sort of one or two albums that they just. They're a bit bland. They're not very atmospheric because I wasn't really experimenting with effects. But over time, I've played with compression and adding reverb layers, adding reverbs to certain frequencies of the sound, adding phasering to certain levels of the sound, adding double phasering, all that stuff. And now the presets that I have for my Vaporwave is about um, it's about nine or ten layers that create the sound. It's not just one reverb thing. It's like nine or ten. Mm-hmm. It's actually quite complex, and sometimes I have to. I can imagine if, if a tr- to make it if sound a track good. Has, right? Exactly. If if a sample has, like for example, um, if if the way if the way I got it, um, like sometimes I purchase them from this Japanese site, and they they're all sort of the high end is all cut off, so I have to up the high end, and I have to go through everything, and then the phasing on the low end I have to lower, otherwise I'll just get this rampant bass that's just going all over the place. Um, and it's very difficult. And then the mastering process is also difficult because you get these spikes where the reverb is intense and you have to do a live um, compression on each for, for that point. Otherwise, it just ruins the uh, just ruins the feel of the track, really. So Interesting. I'm trying to picture it in the DAW right now. <laughs> it's, um... I appreciate the detail. Yeah, I have quite a few windows open when I'm in the door. I have two screens, so it's it's always a busy workspace. There's there's no like neat and tidiness because I have to keep an eye on all the levels. Otherwise, it's gonna just fuck up completely. Yeah, so for sure, especially for mastering. Yeah, god, yeah, mastering. Mastering is sometimes really easy. Like there'll be a track that just falls into place, falls into the presets, and all I have to do is you know put a limiter, put a compressor, and then just up the volume a little bit. Those are the best um, days. Other times. They were, and other times when there's like heavy bass or there's peaks, like I said, you have to put like six compressors on. You have to compress bit by bit, and it's just four limiters. It's like, come on, <laughs> just sound right, please. <laughs> Work with me, come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is like that. It's like, why are you not working when this track only has one and you have seventeen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that's crazy, man. Have you ever done like yeah. a production diary video or something? I, no, I I've never done you, anything like that. Yeah, that would be really cool. Maybe I should, yeah. If you're open, because it seems like you're you're um, happy to be tra- transparent. But I'll expose my ways, won't I? <laughs> Perhaps, but will they be able to pull it off? And that actually leads me to... Crap, do I want to talk about that? Okay, yeah, we're going to go back. So that leads me to 
something interesting about your work. If if you look at, I'm sure a lot of you people who are listening are aware of Desert Sands work, or Desert Yeah, I can say Desert Sands in this instance. I always say yes, Sands. Yes, you not, <laughs> not sand. But uh, you have a really beautiful packaging for each of your albums. Each one is like this that you pay attention to the songs, the song names, the album name, the cover art, and it's all cohesive in one beautiful product, sort of. Like everything yeah. after, um, I don't know how to pronounce it, autonomous bitrate? Oh, autonomous bitrate, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think pretty much everything after around that, you started to really focus in on and pay attention to like, okay, this has to match this and this has to match that. And I think that is part of, you know, it takes a lot of time and effort and uh, you have to be conscientious the whole time, right? It's a lot of work. Yes. It's, for, I think for each album, I've gone through at least three or four covers. You know, like that one's not very good. You know, I listen to the album sometimes I do just listen to songs from the album and just looking at the album cover, like, is this right? Is this how the album cover should uh, fit with the music? Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I do try and sort of push the boundaries with the track titles as well. Like not just sort of typical um, vaporwave stuff. I try and think of more sort of deep thoughts or um, just generally things that people haven't really, um, haven't really sort of um what's the word like experimented with yeah but sort of they haven't really mm-hmm. liked it and they've used it again and again it's just sort of been done once and they said oh that's there you know i've just i want to do something a little bit different mm-hmm. a little bit new mm-hmm. so that's why i'm trying to because uh, one of the actual track titles in i think it was the infinity pool album is like is an old japanese phrase to being to live long forever and be prosperous and stuff like that you put it into Google Translate and it says something really strange. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in the original Slushware album, there's there's a phrase which means um, that the, your, the love to someone is so deep that it reaches the crow that's perched on top of their house, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you put it into Google Translate, it says, crow love of the shop. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me wonder like, how many albums do we actually know what people are trying to convey exactly yeah because google translate um it's not the best as i said earlier i use the the gshow.org it's a great website that um that's very informative about which is the correct um kanji and which is the correct phrases and which is the correct you know all that sort of stuff it's all there and you were saying the most common one too because there's a lot of different ways to say the same thing right that's right. Yes. So there are quite a few ways to say uh, the same thing, like you said. But in this website, it'll list all the options, and next to the one that most common, it'll have a little green bar that says "common word." So you know this word is used a lot mm-hmm. in the language. So you know if if there are Japanese listeners, which I know I've got Japanese listeners because I saw a post once about how somebody had no idea how I got these beautiful philosophical track names <laughs> that actually makes sense um because like, how, how does this english person know this yeah um but yes there we are and it's it's ironic because i learned chinese and i know how to speak chinese but yeah i still use japanese yeah <laughs> does it does it help a little bit probably um, does right like- not it kind of but 
like the characters are the same, but everything else is different. Like the grammar, the sentence structures, the pronunciation, mm-hmm. um, the way it is used in a sentence is different. Yeah. So it's only words. Like the character for water is the same. The character for love is the same. The character for dog is the same. <laughs> um, but that's about it, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, that's really cool. And so now we can that we've gotten that out of the way, which we'll return to with specific album questions. But I did want to know um, what sort of artists did you listen to growing up? Like favorite bands or groups? Oh, wow. Um, Well, growing up, um, like from, from the very early age, I really liked a lot of um, (laughs) sort of deep house stuff. I was really into, um, I can't name artists because I would, what I would just do is I would put on these YouTube playlists and just let it play. Um, I also had a weird phase where I was listening to a lot of things like Pitbull and um, LMFAO, that sort of thing. Um, and then as I, as, I, as I started to get into the Chinese stuff, I, I listened to a lot of things like Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin and those sort mm. of bands. Mm-hmm. Um, I've and then I, I don't know. I just listen to a lot of stuff. I I really like Coldplay as well. A lot. I listen to all of their stuff. Um, there's a Biosphere, uh, Future Sunderland, and all that sort of stuff, and a lot of Brian Eno as well. Yeah, it's it's just a wide scope. You know, I listen to a lot of things. You know, I'd see an album. I don't really pay attention to what the artist's name is, but I've heard it's good, and I'll listen to it. Um, you know, the background when I'm working and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I've listened to all sorts. Yeah. I have a playlist with eight thousand songs in it. It's all the stuff I've listened to. <laughs> yes, I just I just dump albums in in my massive playlist that I really liked, and there's all there's all sorts in there. Um, there's one album which is just a guy screaming that I listen to. Sounds great. <laughs> it is great. Some of the stuff you find on there, you think, how did this get on Spotify? How did they actually think this is going to work? But there we are. They found you. They found me, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all screaming. That's I don't know if I could do that. Is it sound? Is it good? Is it just dissonant the whole time, or what? Um, I think it was a guy um, who was similar to people like Stockhausen who did it in the seventies, um, and so it comes under the realm of like twentieth century music, sort of classical. But um, he, mm. yeah, there's like the first track, for example, is there's this guy screaming, and then this sort of drum comes in playing this rhythm that just has no time signature at all uh, and then a female comes in screaming at like a minor second of the man so it's just complete dissonant and then they go like through glissando and stuff like that and it's just it's like yeah have <laughs> it's you like that the that peak re- of experimentalism yeah i know that's very experimental have you ever heard it reminds me of this one group i think you'd really like um, they have maybe four records, and the first two are the ones that I know best. They're mm-hmm. they're called the sounds of animals fighting. <laughs> no, I have not heard of that. No. Oh, it's so good! Definitely check it out. There's some. The reason I found them was because there was a singer I think from a metal band I used to like called Chiodos, and oh, yeah. he somehow found his way into that project. I think it was him. It's like a super group of all these different bands but they made this very experimental thing but they're all super 
like they're mas- they're masters at their instruments, right? Very proficient. So it's yeah. very interesting stuff. Sounds of animals fighting. Check it out. The the album is I will definitely listen. I will listen to that. Yeah, that sounds very interesting. Check out the album um Lover the Lord has left us. Okay. And put on the last song first if you want to get real experimental. <laughs> Very, that's, very that's good. like that's my that's my tomorrow morning setup. That's going to be my like alarm clock or something. Nice, do it. <laughs> Let me know what you think. <laughs> <laughs> I will do. Mm-hmm. So you discovered vaporwave uh, through telepath. How long after yes. that? So that was what, like 2015, 2016? Would you say it was? It was 2017. <laughs> oh, 17. Oh my. Oh, crazy man. It's all so happening was, like so fast. I know. I was I was really late into the scene. Um, in terms of you know people like oh i found it in 2012 2013 i'm 2017 i'm sorry well it's a great indication of it not mattering if you're one of the old big boys right anyone can do it apparently which is really nice to know it's it gives me some peace of mind almost yeah it's really nice to see especially now i mean there's been an enormous rebirth 2019 has been an incredible year for vaporwave so far Mm -hmm. Um, you know all these young artists coming through and it's just it's so refreshing to see obviously i i haven't been there that long but i can just see that there seemed to be almost a stagnant period sort of around 2017 2018 and um it's picked up again now and you know people like seeing pepsi are coming back blank banshee released a new ep which i listened to and it's very good yeah uh, yesterday mm-hmm. um meta metamorphosis yes metamorphosis okay. yeah yeah, uh, I listened to the 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 full length one, you know, the eighteen minute track one. But apparently there is a track list. I think mm-hmm. a second track list one. So that's, yeah, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a tape too. If you want to grab that, I think it's still available. Yeah. Well, and, now that my tape deck's fixed. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes when I say things like that, I'm talking to everybody, but it's hard for <laughs> you to know. <laughs> so sorry. Ugh. But yeah. Sorry. Um. So, sorry, you you went blank, blank banshee, new, new something new. That's the last thing you said. What? I didn't. I don't think I said anything after that, did I? <laughs> no, I interrupted you rudely. <laughs> I can't. I can't remember. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's all good, man. Um, so what you mentioned, telepath, was the main yes. thing. So what exactly about telepath drew you in so much? You said it was that was it all got started at that point, and that was it from there. But why? I reckon my head was at this stage where. Um, one half of it loved ambient music and stuff, and the other half loved the Chinese and J-pop music. And when I discovered Telepath, that was bang in the middle of those two uh, genres. Which album was it? It was the... Oh, God, I can't remember the name now, but it's the one that was released on BLCR, and it has the... Um, it has six tracks on it, and it has the picture of the um, the person with the light rays coming out of their shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's oh, terrible. I can't remember the name, but yeah, it's that one. Um, I, and it has I it has remember. it has very long songs in it. The thirty-one minute song, track song, track length. Um, Disconnection. Yes, yeah, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Thirty-one minutes is is the first that's song. A, that, that's a juicy <laughs> ass length there. Um, but yeah, um, and the actually track that popped up was the uh, fifth one. Um, which is quite a kind of upbeat. And I think it was just, it was bang in the middle. 
of what my what phases I was going through in my brain. And I think it sort of had like a, it's like an orgasm, you know, it was like, oh my God, what is this? This is great. This is amazing. This is like what I've always needed in my life. Yeah. That sort of thing. Your first vaporwave um, hit. Yeah. And I, I then listened to the whole album and I was, I was, I was just falling in love with it. And that's probably why I was so, probably why I make Slush Wave now because I discovered him first and I, my brain was already set on that sort of um, level of thinking in terms of vaporwave. Mm-hmm. You were wired so, for it. I was wired for it, yes. Yeah. Yes, I guess you could say that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> some, some people call me telepath disciple. <laughs> <laughs> Which I will gladly take that role, yes. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, you have a lot of records um, and you've released them on a lot of different labels. Um, you know, Infinity Pool. Yeah, you sure have. Infinity Pool, I'm just going to list a couple off. Net Century, Secomart, Dark Web, Global Pattern, and Us, the magazine. Yes, oh, that first was really ever cool. physical, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and then that also got a vinyl on another label too on palm 84 that was sparkling water right the record yeah that's right and that's still available now i think there's about 35 copies or so left so go get one. Oh, don't sit on that everybody that is for me that's like number one vaporwave album of like at least of 2019 or yeah, tw- 2018 i think that came out yeah yeah december last year so yeah december almost 15th was it yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Jesus, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Even I don't remember the dates I released. I always have to look like, what, what month did I release this? What, you know, I mm-hmm. can't remember. No, that was a big day for Vaporwave. I remember that. <laughs> well, thank you anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you enjoy it. I'm glad people enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. And so I wanted to know, you've met so many people in such a short time and developed these relationships with all of these labels, these big labels, smaller ones like... Um, Hallworth, which we'll talk about in a, in a minute. I think your your first two records were released with them, um, yes. like the not physicals, like your digital out full albums. But uh, even them, like, what are the experiences that you've had, and how was it getting to know these people when you weren't really established at all? Well, I I know you said you come to Hallworth in a bit, but I think. We'll have to talk about that now because that is where it started, really. Mm. Um, because the because the connection I made was um, I had a mate. God, I can't remember, and he was just he was sort of interested as well. And I showed him a vaporwave. He really liked it, and he said, "Why don't we just set up this little place on Bandcamp where we just where we just fuck around and make fun stuff, and then see where it goes from there." What a lot of people don't know is even though you see like what's eight or nine different artist names on the whole worth thing, it's just two people. Just, it's just me and him. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw Chemical was on there and I was like, I think I recognize that. But that's yeah, so him, I guess. Chemical is him. So I, what yeah. does he do? Um, So he did the Chemical. He did VAW. He also did the Luxury and Spherical Cube. Uh, and I did Loose Leaf. D4 Axle, Desert Sand, mm. and a couple of other little things on there. And obviously Desert Sand is the one that took off. <laughs> yeah, so it, it just yeah. happened to take off? Or did you say, okay, you know what, this is going to be the one? I was looking at all the 
aliases that I called myself on there, and I just thought the coolest one was Desert Sound was Woman Night. And <laughs> the question I get asked all the time is, how did you come up with that name? And the answer is, <laughs> the answer is not impressive at all. The answer is literally, I just said it one day, and I liked it, and I wrote it down. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> how did you think of it, though? Why did you say it? I- I don't know. I just say things every now and then. And it just, <laughs> just, you know, my brain. I don't know. Maybe I was like thinking of a desert that day where I watched like a desert thing on YouTube and it was like, oh, <laughs> it's such a sad, sad mm-hmm. story. The subconscious is a strong thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just a sad story though, isn't it? Like, you know, people think, oh, it's an inspirational story where I was starving in the desert and I, I, pushed my hands into the sand and it was at midnight and it was warm under there and I felt warm and said no it didn't happen at all mm-hmm. I just said it in my bedroom <laughs> yeah that's so funny that's an interesting way to do it too release not just come up with a few aliases and be like okay which one play around with them see which one works change it if it doesn't work but you released under one and then a different one and then went back to the original then a new one, then back to the second one, then back to the new one. Like, you kept changing it, which is maybe a good recipe in a way, right? Yeah, I was just, at that time, I was finding my sound, really. And, yeah, so I kept going back and forwards and saying, can I modify this? Because I like that sound a lot, so I'll do another one. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, listening to the D4 Axel album that I made, um, I'm actually super proud of that, and I really want to make more stuff like that. So I may take that up as a little side project as well. Now that this is now that I'm known like this, I can hopefully get that 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 won't be so hard to bring up, you know? Yeah. Well definitely so would, sorry, go ahead. No. So I would say that I'd definitely do something like that in the future. Whether it be D4 Axel or it might be something else, or it might even be a Desert Sound project, but I definitely want to get something mm-hmm. like that up lighted on there. Sweet. Very cool. Yeah, that's a really neat <coughs> thing. And so who is that person? Is he still making Vaporwave or she? Yeah, he he um he sort of gave up. Um, you can see oh. there's a whole flow of albums: August, August, September, 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 October, and then he just sort of stopped. And he just um he was finding it a bit boring, really. Um, mm. he said he didn't really want to do it anymore, and I was quite sad. And yeah, I, I was I was enjoying this, so that's why I took on Desert Sun. But yeah, well, shout out to him because he's part. He was like your partner in crime. He was my partner in crime, and he released some beautiful stuff on there. If you do have time to listen to all the stuff on Hallworth Collective, do, because we made some bangers on there, some real good tunes, mm-hmm. you, um, some of which yeah. are just sort of buried. What are some of the specific album names, if you remember? Um, <clears throat> the, the We Deserve More by D4 Axel, one, that, the one I made, that's, yeah. that's one of my best. Um, one of his best is probably Public Footpath by VAW. And he also released one called Ether, which is in Japanese uh, by Chemical. It's the one next to his Spherical Cube project, which is also very good. That's a vapor trap one. Mm-hmm. I wonder uh, if he has Twitter. Maybe we could get some people to message him and, you know, remind him that. Um, I don't think he does. He definitely has Instagram. Yeah, or that. So, um, he could definitely. <laughs> well, I've tried to persuade him, and he's like, "No, I don't really want to do it anymore." Yeah, but I haven't asked him in months, and I reckon. If we do like a, a year anniversary thingy, I I might be able to get him back up onto it. Dude, you should do a split with him. <laughs> well, I mean, Chris, look how Crystal Glassware turned out. That was a split we did. Yeah, with uh, that was 
ballpoint luxury ballpoint yeah, pen luxury ballpoint <laughs> pen yeah that was his favorite alias he told me he was so like good. I love it, this. it looks good um maybe because of the font that was chosen for it because it's not the standard font right yes it's thicker or something yes i think it's like a tonics or something weird yeah right if you actually notice there was an album released in march in march 10th uh, this year and that was that was only because we we'd had that um project um as like a draft and we just forgot to publish it when we were doing all the other stuff because we were so busy so it was it was released a lot later but it was supposed to be released back mm-hmm. back when we were doing all the other stuff so yeah true but yes august to october 2018 that was the whole earth collective and you never know august to october this year maybe yeah <laughs> all right we'll I'm be, hoping we'll to be waiting yeah <laughs> <laughs> um while i was doing my research i was wondering um not just as an audience member but as you I was curious what was your experience at the point and what was the point that you felt you broke into the scene as a a successful maybe even a popular artist that people were talking about and actually gained some i would say notoriety what point was that and how did you feel and why do you think it happened yes i feel like the definite point where I started to, or I started to notice that people were noticing me was definitely around the release of Sparkling Water because that was the first album where I was thinking, you know, this is the sound that I want to go for. This is the sound that I've been trying to discover for the past year or few months and stuff like that. Mm. Um, It was then solidified by my Nightlight Tapes release, the Prisoner album, yeah, um, which was the start of the... that, That album was almost... The Desert Sand you hear today, almost. Um, hmm. And the next album, Zero Twenty One, that was the Magnus Opus. I still think that is one of my best albums, Zero Twenty One. That's a great record, man. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I, I get regularly that that is the best one. Like when people say, "Oh, congrats on the new album," and I, I generally have a little conversation with people and I say, "Well, what what did you find? What do you, sorry, what album do you like the best?" And they, a lot of them say Zero Twenty One. So. Or the Seiko Mart one, which I released after Zero Twenty One, which is very sought after tape. <laughs> um, it was on Discogs for like seventy five bucks or something at one point. Oh, the which is ridiculous! The, the Gardens one, the Hanging Garden, yeah, the, the Volume One of the volume Hanging Gardens. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I managed to snag it. Luckily. Oh, good. Yeah, that's hanging awesome, on to that man. for dear life. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have nice. all your tapes actually. Really? All bloody hell! That's that's commitment right there. Mm-hmm. I'm fortunate enough to have to have picked them all up in time. Yes, because they sell out so bloody quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I always get the labels. The labels always. St- oh, I had it with a global pattern. They stocked 25 of the split I did with Virtual Reality Deluxe, and they were gone in about 20 minutes. And he messaged me like, "Well, we might need to put some more up there." And I was like, "Yeah, probably best." Yeah. <laughs> I, that happened with Seiko Mart as well, right? It did. And Lumi, um, bless her, she, she's great because um, she doesn't normally do represses. Mm-hmm. But um, she she was basically harassed by so many people like, I want one, I want one, I need one, I need one. I'm not going to live without one. I'm going to die if I don't have this tape. <laughs> um, 
I didn't message her, but I was one of those people. I didn't get it on the first wave. So thanks to Lumi for hooking that up. Yes. I gave her a shout out on the Tupperwave podcast, actually, too. Oh, there we go. Yeah, Yeah, she's one of the best uh, label. One of the best labels I've actually worked with with Seikamot because she's just so nice. And the packaging, well, as you know, because you received the tape, the packaging is beautiful, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's just there's so much heart. You can feel it. There is. And I'm not saying that other labels are bad at all, no, but I'm just saying uh, Lumi is a step above, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's they, they add a bit of charm. Yeah, it is It is very nice. It's everything they do. It's not just one thing. But yeah, so many good labels out there. It's uh But yes, it was just a progression time. of going through the Prisoner and the 021 and that just slowly build up. I mean, you know, I'm still rising, you know, it's still being built up. Yeah. So keep that steam engine running. I will definitely... I would definitely uh, try my hardest. <laughs> <laughs> and so, how did it feel? And what wh- was there a certain day that you woke up and you were like, "Whoa!" <laughs> um, no, I wake up like every day. No, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> um, no. Um, there's. Uh, I don't know really. There was. I started to feel really um, sort of excited and mystified when the sparkling water and prisoner albums they just they just skyrocketed and, and i saw people talking about them on forums and things and on discord and i think oh my god people are actually talking about something i made um i think okay i guess there was a day and it was the day that i discovered the seiko mart thread on the Raybrave cassette club because people were so passionate about it and i thought oh my mm. goodness this is so nice yeah you know um, and at this point, I, I suddenly realized, whoa, people actually care what I put out now. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something. This is something I've never felt before. You know, I've had little ambient projects and like the chipping projects and even a deep house project, um, but nothing ever took off. And it, it felt so just heartwarming that people were just—they really wanted it. They weren't just listening to it for the sake of listening. They really wanted it. And yeah. It was, it was, it was heartwarming, man. Really nice. Man, that's awesome. Did you did you crack a beer that night? <laughs> yeah, I think I wanted something a bit more stronger, to be honest, because <laughs> I do like do love the spirits. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I have I have regularly buy in like whiskey and amaretto and stuff, and I just oh, you're just, you're yeah. a hobbyist almost then, eh? <laughs> I just whip up a little cocktail and just you know sit on the porch sometimes look over Mm -hmm. over the fields feel that desert sand oh yes oh yes (laughs) (laughs) you know i've been i've been uh pondering this for a long time whether i should send little vials of sand uh, with my cassettes you know to people (laughs) they'll probably get they'll probably think it's drugs (laughs) yeah i'll be be called up by the border patrol it's like what the hell are you shipping in here yeah exactly you got 200 cassettes going all over the world you got what Someone made that joke on a different episode. I forget. Yeah, I'm sure everybody thinks about that at some point. Yeah, and, and it's a weird thing we do. I've been seriously considering because I put a post out recently um, saying, "Wouldn't it be funny if I made a compilation album where people just submit sand, sand sounds <laughs> like from all over the world, and the, like you can't put any instruments in; it just has to be sand." Mm-hmm. And the comments I got were like do this now please do this i want to do this i'd submit this and now i'm seriously considering doing it 
How do you make? How does sand make sound? Like well, you know, people like making sandcastles. When you like, yeah, or when you pour it in a sand timer, or when the wind blows on it, or when you rub it on your hands and fingers, and you know, anything. Yeah, or well, like you said, making a sandcastle. Mm-hmm. It's all sand noises, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Time to get creative, people. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Submit to no. Yeah. <laughs> At a minimum, you could always sample it. Each song has a different sand sample. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an interesting idea, isn't it, though? Yeah, you'll have yeah, to come up with like... a really good record title, album title for it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe just call it Desert Sun for Warm Night and then just a whole bunch of other artists. <laughs> yeah, that could work. I don't know. That's funny. It would be funny and it'd be really, be so interesting to see what people submit, wouldn't it? I bet there'd be at least a couple of people who would go to a desert and then you pick up some sand there and say, look what I've got here. I've got some desert sand. Disclaimer, we only accept sand from deserts. <laughs> yes. Like you go to the beach. No, I'm not accepting that. I'm sorry. Go yeah. home, sunshine. <laughs> uh, so I want to ask, ask about some of your other albums. One that I listen to on the regular, um, Intense Emotion, I think is the translation. Oh yes, is that the one on um, Bogus? Yeah. Again, this was this was um, in the four or five albums or so where I was still trying to find like sound, uh, and this was closer to it. Uh, this was a little bit behind Sparkling Water, but it was it was close. Um, and it's funny that you actually listen to it so much because it's one of the lesser known ones. Because a lot of people like the classic. Um, so not the classic, the newer Desert Sand sound over the classic, but mm-hmm. there's it does sound like your new stuff but there's something a little different about it but it's a fantastic record definitely give it a spin everybody (laughs) um but yes it's the idea for it came from actually this was more events that happened whilst i was listening to the tracks that i sampled if you like Mm. um so like the first track for example i was on my own down some alleyway and it came on in a playlist uh, that I was listening to, and you know the idea. I can't remember what the track title is now, but it's something to do with being alone in the dark and stuff like that. Mm. So these these were sort of that's why it's called t- intense feelings because it's sort of it was literally feelings that I had whilst listening to those tracks. There are a couple on there which I found after you know whilst I was making the album that I found, um, but I sort of tried to entice that in with possibly other feelings that I had whilst listening to similar tracks. Right, um, like the uh, the ending track is actually a sample from the old We Weather Channel. Oh, cool! <laughs> um, and I I hadn't been on actually when I had a Wii back in the day. I never went on the Weather Channel, so I never experienced anything. But um, <laughs> I was hanging around on the Me Channel or something like that. But yeah, anyway. the Meverse. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Oh, god. You're gonna make you're gonna give me a nostalgia trip right now because I I used to be on the Wii all the time as a kid. Yeah. Oh damn! I was a bit old for that, so for me it was like, kind of cringy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. I was the era of the Wii, and yeah, you know, Wii Wii Sports and Wii Music were my favorites. Beautiful games. Wii Sports is a dope game. Still a good game for like Still party great. games. It actually started the sort of revolution of digital sport games if you like mm-hmm. like i know there's there'd always been like fifa and the past mbk but the actual the more casual uh fun sports games where you don't have to think as much 
I think it really started like that revolution in terms of that. You're definitely right. I think I think it really did. It made it, especially in America, because par like children playing games with their parents is something. Kids playing games with their parents is something they did when they were young. Maybe if they were lucky, it wasn't yeah. like a living room thing that everybody was interested in. Um, quite the opposite most of the time, in fact. Whereas in Japan, it was a very um, house-oriented thing. Yes, but especially in like the packed cities where there weren't really many parks and things, you know, it'd be a great way to actually just socialize. You know, mm-hmm. obviously they were the leading. Um, uh, well, they still are kind of the leading people in terms of consoles, and they have been for many years. You know, since the eighties. Yeah, there's a game I play a lot called Monster Hunter. You may have heard of it by oh, yeah. now. Yeah, um, but like 10 years ago, no one in North America heard of it. But I was playing it. The Wii had Monster Hunter Try, and you could actually play that online, and it worked, and the ping was great. Um, but yeah. no one played it here, really, compared to in Japan. So many people played it, and they took down the servers, and that kept happening over and over again. Excuse me. And so now Monster Hunter World is out, and it's like, yes, the whole world is on board now. Still, not many people in North America play, but uh, it's just because the proximity wasn't there. When people had DSs and 3DSs and PSPs and whatever, people would join lobbies with strangers in their building because there were so many people close to you that you could pick up other DSs and all that easily. Whereas here, you could only do it, you know, if you're at school and other kids brought their DSs, and that's it. When you go home, it's just you and your sister. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. It's it's amazing things like that, isn't it? How one little thing can actually change an entirety of things. You know, the small things matter, don't they? <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, so, it's, that's, that's, very, that's a very cool story, man, yeah. Everything starts somewhere, right? It's kind of like what you were saying. <clears throat> Exactly. Your first you record. To my first album. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's. <laughs> you even listen to the first Desert Sand album. It's, yeah. It's kind of bad. It's lazy. It's disjunct. I'm not but... super into it. No, I wouldn't be surprised if you weren't. To be honest, because it's not. It's not Desert Sand at all. It doesn't even sound like something I'd make now. Anyway. Hmm. But it's part of the journey. Exactly. So I still, I mean, I'm not going to like hide it from people that don't listen to this because it is part of my development. Mm-hmm. So exactly. So where are you when you make your most of your music? You told us a bit about your production process and your thought process, but what is your physical atmosphere like? Um, it's a lot of. <laughs> um, I have this sort of little corner in my bedroom here. I have hanging up, I have this thing I made with all these album covers that I like. And they're not necessarily Vaporwave, but they're all sort of there. Um, the greats. Other stuff. Yeah, the, the greats. And I, <laughs> I have a dartboard up there because I like playing a bit of darts every now and then. So, you know, when I'm in the, when I'm in the studio in the little corner here, you know, I've got like decorations and it's, it's kind of, it's, it is cramped, but I kind of like it because it's all cozy. Like everything's in one place. And, you know, I've got my, got my mixer thing here i've got my pioneer dj behind the screens you know it's all it's all there that's the best keyboard there you can just spin your chair and you've got everything exactly yes and i've got this i've got the the 88 key keyboard behind me uh so i can spin that uh, i've got the speakers and yeah it's just 
cozy. You know, there's room for a drink on the table or if I'm having lunch. But I do, I do make, um, I'd say like an hour and a half of music, and then I get up. You know, maybe throw a few darts, maybe stand outside because I got some doors to go right onto a patio. So you know, I could go out for a bit, get some fresh air, come back in. Uh, sometimes Logic Pro just doesn't want to work, and I get a bit frustrated, and I need to walk around. Yeah. <laughs> um, because one track, I think it was on zero uh, twenty one, I couldn't find the sound that I was trying to get. I was getting so angry, um, and the reason is I put too much compression on it, and mm. literally I just removed one thing. And it worked. Nice. And I needed that time to walk around and think because I was like, "What is stopping it from doing that? Why mm. is it not?" You know. So it's it's all in the little corner here, but it's it's cozy. Yeah, that's wicked. Yeah, that was like in a in a, a eureka moment. Aha! <laughs> exactly. And it really does work when you just walk around and get some fresh air and you think of the solution. You got to meditate. I said that on the an episode recently mindfulness is you know, like we have so much stimulation especially these days people mm. are as soon as we wake up stimulation our phone our alarm people talking breakfast what do you want to do throw on the tv go on the computer and no, 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 no. we're not letting our minds just have time to um, meditate over the things we have going on in our life and help us make oh. the best decisions you know like Yes, it's funny because um, Zero Twenty One, this album, uh, I was kind of, I guess, inspired by the whole meditation thing. That's why the Zero Twenty One sort of signifies when you, it's at night and it's quiet, it's peaceful, and the air outside is nice and cool, and you know nobody's around. Um, and also, it fits the album cover that I found, which is just a little bonus. <laughs> um, and then the album covers are in English because this is actually a rare occasion where I want people to think about the names of the track as well as the music that's being played. I want them to link the track titles to the feelings because a lot of the Japanese stuff, I just, I just want people to have an experience. And then the titles are just there as like the final step, if you like, right. into the emotion. Yeah. But this one, zero 021 is in English because I really want to encapsulate the feeling. So that's why you have the track Sleep, Life Beyond, Vivid Dreams, Comfort, Aqua Vitae. Yeah. It's like super meditation. Mm-hmm. What I like to think is sort of what you were thinking about if you if you were to put the album on or maybe the album is a reflection of your thoughts throughout the day. You know, I like to really, because a Vaporwave is such a personal thing, a lot of the artists are not consulting anyone they're doing everything by themselves or they're touching the physical products that they're selling to you so that's i love to explore the world of the thoughts of these people because the music is so close to them already yeah and then maybe then you'll go back and listen to it once you've heard what people think about it and then you'll actually see you'll see it and you'll go oh my goodness yeah this is this is what you know, this is what I wasn't feeling and now I'm feeling it. It feels great. You know, that sort yeah. of thing. That's a, f- a fantastic byproduct of things like this podcast. Mm. Yeah. And that album, 021, you said it was the, you know, your your most popular one, I guess. It is so good. And the album cover is very distinguished amongst the rest of your album covers. It actually has some uh, writing on it. I think it's a VHS yes. 
overlay. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's from like a. It's from uh, some uh, J-pop music video, um, and it's it was there's a whole bunch. And it was on this channel where it had the little time in the top corner, and so I just I like that freeze frame with the fish in the water and then the bridge. Yeah. Um, over the you know it's just nice, and it had the zero twenty one in, so I thought, oh, that's quite nice. I'm, I'll keep that in there. What does zero twenty one have to do with, like, <laughs> you know, you can kind of make connections that don't actually exist. Like, yeah, the writer. The writer meant this, and he actually didn't mean anything. <laughs> well, I actually found uh, the the album cover before I named the album, mm. um, and I'm kind of glad I did because, like I said a mi- minute ago, you know, it's zero twenty one. If you took that and turned it into a time, you know, twenty one past midnight, it's very quiet. Uh, you know, nobody's around. You, you can really think about. Um, you know, you can really meditate, like you said. It's a great time to do that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, there's a lot of night aesthetic in vaporwave. You know, like the city lights and things like that. So I guess you could make that connection, but the actual intent was never really there because I just found this album cover and I liked it, and I named it based on that. But I do, you know, I did think about it. Does zero twenty one actually work with the, with the whole feel? And it it does, I think. So you're talking about walking around a lot, and it's actually good to take a break too, as they say. There's an application yeah. I use to remind me to take a break every once in a while because you got to rest your eyes. Oh, that's interesting. I I don't have anything like that. Maybe I should invest <laughs> in something. Yeah, um, I'll I'll pull it up and I'll I'll send it to you. Or you can just Google it, um, like break eye reminder app or something like that, and you can get it oh, on yeah. your phone or in your browser. And it just there's a whole bunch of them, and they just remind you how to stretch and and also ergonomics as well to not hunch over, that kind of stuff. And it's just a quick cool. quick little five minute things that you can do every hour or two. Yeah, yeah. that's mm. very nice. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, and, I do sometimes spend hours in front of the screen, you know, especially when I'm working on these original original slush wave projects because I need to actually make the samples first, and that takes a lot of time. So, and normally I have a uh, sort of like um what is it like you know when you're in the creative thought process and you you don't want to stop because you're getting all the ideas out oh yeah you're uh, in the rhythm of it exactly yeah and so sometimes i spend hours in front of the screen and and don't do anything don't get up don't look away so and it gets super late and you've exhausted all of your energy except for focusing (laughs) on this project so you're just taco necking it (laughs) i know exactly what you mean yes yeah Yeah, yeah. I um, I'm 30, and I had to get glasses last year. Nobody in my family has glasses, so <laughs> I've I've had glasses since I was nine years old, and I'm still getting blinder. <laughs> oh dang! Yeah. yeah, I'm so glad that we have glasses. You know, like imagine. Oh god, yeah. When you were nine. You would have been dead. <laughs> you know, I hate <laughs> I hate eye things, and like. Contact lenses just make me cringe. I can't, I can't bear to watch people put them in their eyes and touch their eyes. And, oh, yeah. it's horrible. <laughs> Don't like eye things, and like I hate the I hate the thought of eye surgery and cutting open your eyes. That's, that's not nice. You know? Yeah, eyes are so. I used to think about what if my eyes went like if what if I puncture my eyes on a bush or something you know like i was always as a kid scared of shit happening to my eyes if you ever want to fuck somebody up go for the eyes 
<laughs> yes, because that's what will instantly kill them, just making them blind. Well, then you yeah, can go for the shins people? after that. Yeah, what about blind people? Because you get to that point and you think... Well, society helps a lot. <laughs> well, if you want to fuck a blind person up, which is messed up, by the way, but if you did, then you wouldn't go for the eyes because there's no point. They're useless anyway. Oh, that's what you mean by <laughs> what about... <laughs> yes. That's amazing. But yeah, like back in the day, you're in the tribe, you know, you go blind, you can't hunt anymore. They're like, well, you don't get any food now because we we need it and we can't yeah, go, we can't get go it go to the naughty step and you can come off it once you see again yeah <laughs> it's crazy uh but so yeah we're talking about walking do you have any other rituals that you do when you're making music maybe like uh an album you put on before you make music oh i see um yeah generally before making uh especially vaporwave i do listen to a lot of um telepath and stuff um but if you actually go into my chinese and j-pop playlists which i listen to a lot whilst i'm making it as well sometimes do you have those um, publicly available uh no it, it's 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 on my um personal sort of um itunes thing and yeah. it's just um it's it's stuff that i've downloaded throughout the years because a lot of the samples i get aren't on youtube at all so i just have to for sure um because i'm one of those well no i wouldn't say one of those but i I actually appreciate the music that I'm sampling. I don't just Google like Japanese music, go to the first playlist, choose that, and then it's done. You know, slap it in the audacity or whatever. I actually try and appreciate that I'm using people's music who have probably worked quite a lot harder to make this track. And um, I I listen to a lot of the music that I've sampled over and over again because it's just so such good music to listen to. And you should appreciate what you're sampling, especially if you're sampling a lot of it like I do. Um, so and actually, a lot of the samples I find aren't by Discogs digging or going through you know, the, the obscure J-pop sites. It's actually just by listening to all the stuff that I've downloaded from everywhere and saying, and, you know, I really like this album, I'll sample that. It must take a lot of time and um, not patience, but... Um attention attention that you want to spend which sort of now that i know that makes the listening experience for me a little bit more worthwhile yeah i mean good thing about listening to whole albums is that you get to hear the whole roster of what that album has to offer and so before you make a choice about which track you're going to sample from that album you can you listen to it again you can appreciate the whole album and then you can say right that that track is good, but it only works with the album. So I won't sample that. But then this track at the end here, that's beautiful on its own. So I'm going to use that as a sample. And actually, when you transform it into your Vaporwave, it works because it works on its own. But if you have a track that perhaps only works within the confines of the Chinese or J-pop album, then you shouldn't try and turn that into Vaporwave and be a bit desperate and think, well, this is the only sample I found, you know, stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. you know go deep go deep listen to loads of things don't just th- pick one thing that sounds okay and use it yeah um you know if if there's an okay song by an artist look up that artist look up albums that they've done um you know on discogs discogs is very helpful um you know go on youtube slap it in if you can't find it go on nico nico video you know that has a lot of stuff on there i'm finding and if you still can't find it oh sorry no no go ahead and if you still can't find it, then then maybe it's not the artist for you, and then just move on to another artist, you know? 
Mm-hmm. I was going to interrupt and go on a tangent completely, so it's probably better that I didn't. <laughs> oh. I was going to say, rate your music. That website is the bomb. Oh, yes. Yes, rate your music as well, yes. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, that's very good. I've been, over the years, I've been using it more and more. Now it's like, dude, everything else, don't need it. They index everything. And it's so nice. Um, Somebody actually set up the entire Desert Sand rate your music and all the albums I put out, and there's actually ratings on there. And I have not touched it at all. That's all been fan work. Wow. Which is so nice to see. And they've all got it right as well. It's all correct and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to in Vaporwave. We're so critical, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's like what I said about the question at the start, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Infinity Pool question, yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of them, can we talk about that record a bit? Called, of course, yes. Called to Heaven. It got, to a, heaven. It got the, a mini disc and a tape. Certainly did. Oh, and on that note, sorry, I think LED printing is getting really popular. And yeah. you, your release on Sequelmart and Infinity Pool, is it, they kind of happened at the perfect time, I think, to get the LED printing. It's like such a nice complement to an already such beautifully crafted piece of art it is it's it's a beautiful um it's a beautiful way to just say that the physicals are definitely worth it um and obviously the uh, infinity pool one had the holographic printing as well which was stunning mm-hmm. <laughs> uh you know my you know the name was just you'd move it across the lights and it was just change color you know and it's it's a whole new experience with uh, physicals these days. Uh, it's it's so crisp and so it's been mastered properly now. Yeah, and it's actually at the point where anyone can get into it, young or old. Hmm. Yeah, crisp is a good word for it. It's so crisp, yes. crescent, crescent fresh. Exactly. It's like fresh as freshly cut grass, and everyone likes the smell of that. Yeah. And uh, what about the production process of that record? Maybe the theme of it, and talk about that a bit, or the art because the art is beautiful. Oh, what? Thank you. What is, like, where? Where'd you get it? What is it? So this art, um, <laughs> uh, I, what was I listening to? I was listening to some choir music, and then this this video comes on. Um, ah, and it's the gospel. Something like, yes, it's titled something like "Heavenly Angels Singing" or something. And this was just the little. Uh, it was like a little. Uh, gif jif whatever um that was playing um over the video and i thought that's really nice i'll just take a little i'll take a snapshot of that Mm -hmm. and it it really fits the album because in this album i've chosen some of the really really relaxed and major and happy moments from uh, and emotional moments from uh, the j-pop and Chinese music and there's even one track the second track is actually from a Korean song and I don't normally go into that sort of thing but it just came up on a playlist I was listening to and it was really nice it just fit so I thought well, not. it just fit perfectly yes and um, I was doing a sample list recently for that album and I was trying to find some of the stuff that I originally found on places like you know somewhere on the internet and I can't find them anymore oh. which makes me worry that they're being removed and stuff so yeah it's a shame, really, because this music is so nice. The original samples are beautiful. Uh, I'd love to hear that stuff. Yeah, definitely. I, as I say, I'm 
I don't know when I'm gonna if I'm ever gonna share the uh, sample list stuff, but um, I know one guy before requested a third the sample of the third track in uh, Call to Heaven, and he um, he said it's like one of his favorite songs. He really wants to know the song, so I just gave that to him because I thought, mm. yeah, I want I want people to listen to this. I want people to actually appreciate the original music as well. Um, earlier, we were talking about one of your records, some of your records that had themes, especially the track names. And I wanted to talk about the theme behind your record, um, Drowning. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and, and you know, when we look at your records, it's I, like I said, I'm wondering what you're thinking about, what you would think about if you were hearing it. Um, and this record is definitely about drowning. it's 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 very it's my most upbeat release it's definitely much different than a lot of the stuff that i've been doing recently it's got the sort of the grooves it's faster tempo it's heavier bass it's heavier drums Mm -hmm. there's more drums you know more bass faster bass lines um yes um drowning is just (laughs) the actual main reason i chose drowning this is no is because i just thought the characters looked really nice they look really pretty characters oh yeah <laughs> um so how did but, you see the characters though um when i was thinking because it's all upbeat and stuff i was thinking okay what's what sort of what do you do when you're frantic and i was trying to think outside the box i was trying to think of some weird things i was thinking well when people drown they move all over the place mm. which is really sinister thoughts but you know <laughs> I still thought of it, and I, I put it into G Sharp, put Drowning in, and that came up. And I thought, that looks really nice. I'll just take it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it is It is super upbeat, and it's one of my most, I think it is my most streamed album on Bandcamp, at least, um, because it's just, it appeals to a lot more people, I think. Right. Um, just because it's a, li- a little bit more upbeat than the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whilst I was producing this album... I was going through quite an exciting uh, period because it was during the period where I was sort of, you know, moving through the rankings and people were starting to talk to talk about me and my music was growing and I was just hyped. I was like, oh, this is great. This is great. So I stopped slowing it so much. I really wanted to, to emphasize my excitement <laughs> for the future. Right. And, uh, and this was the album that came out of that. Mm-hmm. Very upbeat and very lively. Uh-huh. That's it's so funny how it works out. Like you're thinking of what you wanted to make with the music, and have it be energetics a little bit more and frantic, like you said. And you thought of yeah. drowning, and you saw the characters, and then you came up with the album art after that. I imagine because it's similar, yes. and then you came up with the track names. Uh, yes, I actually I did about seven of the tracks on there. Um, and then I finished off the track list myself, and then I made uh, the last few tracks based on the track names that I come up with. So it was sort of half and half. Um, but funny enough, the the actual artwork came from a a magic eye video. Do you know what those magic eye things are? We have to try and make your eyes like lazy, and then it produces an image. Oh yeah, the optical illusions sort of. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's that sort of thing. Yeah. And this was one of those. This was like a video VHS from like the nineties or something, and. If you probably look up just Magic Eye video from the 90s and it'll come up and it was a freeze frame from there. And I, I added in the text, the drowning text myself, uh, and I just made it blurry and pixelated so it looked like it was part of the part of the actual Original. image. Yeah, true. Yeah. 
And for the song names? Um, oh my goodness. That was a loud one. <laughs> that was very loud. I heard that very clearly. <laughs> we'll be cutting that one out. <laughs> Sorry, just take a that was so loud oh my goodness <laughs> caught you off guard there I almost bit your tongue <laughs> no because it was I, I just said um and then yeah. <laughs> oh god did I do something wrong <laughs> yeah you sure there's not like an accident that happened out there like... <laughs> oh, I'm like dead smack in the middle of Toronto near the street I'm on the fourth floor which is pretty low yeah. Um, so yeah right at an intersection it's oh, great. Dear, I bet you've seen quite a few crashes at least. Ne- not one. Never. Really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay, anyway. Um... I'll keep you posted. <laughs> <laughs> Indie Advent News. I can see it in the future. Yeah. Right. We're getting there. So, yeah, the actual track titles are not... I didn't really have much thought into those. I just um, were thinking of uh, words and phrases that probably I thought throughout the days that I was making the tracks, and it just sort of came out... Um, so the track title is actually a little bit more random in this one, um, which is why I did it, which is why you have it in Japanese so that people don't focus on the titles and think it's all disjunct and stuff, but actually the music is conjunct and you don't want people to focus on the actual titles as much, which is why um, the Japanese helps with that. Okay. As, uh, you know, unless you're Japanese, then yeah. <laughs> it defeats the purpose. But... Yeah. I love to know the track names. Like, I like to be able to say, hey... I don't want to say number four. You know, we got. I want to get that <laughs> going with mean, people. Yeah. But I guess that sort of defeats the purpose sometimes. But I did think that the titles were quite appropriate. Tsunami, water, ocean, pools. It's like all water drowning based, right? So Yes. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it is sort of all water based. Yeah. But it was just sort of random water things. It wasn't like. <laughs> and then there's a Roman bath as well as one of the titles. Bath. Yeah. Hey, I'll take it. <laughs> so, I think it adds, it helps me. It's like a, a different version of drowning each time. It's like a new story. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, but you can, yeah, and it's funny because people use drowning in a positive way, way now. You know, like, oh, I was drowning in money or I was drowning in fame, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Drowning in fans, you know. Mm-hmm. So Drowning in the desert. Oh, best, best drowning ever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, the, the sun's warm, isn't it? So, you had an album. You had a song on a compilation album for Twin Twin Peaks. I noticed. Are you a fan of Twin Peaks? How did that come about? I am not that much of a big fan. Not because I don't like it, just because I haven't really watched it at all. Um, but I've heard very good things about it, mm-hmm. um, and I know the actors from different places, and I know the music very well. The music's great. Yeah. Um, and I just saw the post. And I thought, oh, I'll do it. I, you know, why not? Because this is the part where I was still growing and I wanted to be as part as much as I could. Um, and I thought this compilation looked really cool. It does. So It is. I actually, this is, I actually sampled a track uh, from 2014. <laughs> um, so it's, my, it's the track that's been released most recently that I've ever sampled. Um, and it was a piece by Shura. Okay. Um, it's quite a f- sort of famous one. It's called Indecision by Shura, and it's it's sort of an electronic, um, sort of electronic, sort of indie piece, that sort of thing. And I thought, okay, I'm going to slow this down. I think I slowed it down about 60%. It's so different from the original tempo. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like if you played the original track, you wouldn't recognize that I sampled it probably. Yeah. Um, and then I added fuck tons of reverb as well. <laughs> Just because I really, because it was, because it was sort of recent and it was sort of popular. So I didn't want to make it that obvious. So I, you know, I added, I made it really dreamy and really slow and it, it worked and people uh, don't seem to recognize it. So it's good. <laughs> yeah. It fits in nicely with the record. I didn't hear the whole thing, but I heard a couple tracks before and after yours. And oh, yeah. it's a very distinguished compilation, don't you think? It is, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, I've listened to the whole thing, I think, three or four times now. Um, there's such a variety of good talent in there. Mm-hmm. And, they, and each track is telling a different story. Um, right. And you know, the, the titles go well with that. They do. Yeah. I, I don't remember them, but I, I feel like I felt that way. Yeah, check it out. The Twin Peaks comp. I don't know how to Google it, actually. Maybe Vaporwave Twin Peaks. <laughs> You'll find it. I think it's called Sounds from the Black Lodge. That's the actual name. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Um, so if I don't know if you have anyone in your life. You mentioned a little bit showing your music to your mates and all that. But yeah. do you ever have to sort of find yourself explaining what it is to people and why you make it if they don't understand it? And, yes, I and do. What do you say? Um, uh, one mate asked me recently, because um, I left my phone on the table somewhere and he was looking and I was getting messages from like fans, you know, buying music and like, what the hell is this? You Are you famous or something? And I was like, yeah, I do, I do make music. <laughs> yeah. And it's the always awkward conversation when they ask the question, so what do you make? And you say Vaporwave and they say, what is that? And you're like, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, grab a seat. Um, grab a seat, grab a beer, grab, get some peanuts. Um, yeah, the the actual answer I tell them generally is uh, more like from the slush wave angle. So I just tell them that it's slowed down 80s music with a lot of reverb and stuff on it. And that's the sort of stuff that I make. And they're always interested to hear it. And I say, you probably won't like it. Yeah, but this mate I showed recently, he loved it. Um, nice. And the reason why is because he listens to lots of lo-fi hip-hop, which is kind of similar. Mm-hmm. So he probably heard of Vaporwave a bit. Yeah, he, he, well, he didn't know what it was, so I don't think he did hear of it. But I think he probably listened to a few Vaporwave tracks without knowing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he really liked my stuff, and he he supports me now with that stuff. So that's really cool. Nice. Uh, my, you know, people like my parents don't understand. You know, my dad keeps saying, well, "Why are cassettes popular now?" You know, <laughs> they they were terrible. They were terrible back in the day. The sound quality was awful. It's like, yeah, well, they've been improved, haven't they? Um, and there's more awareness. I think that's a big one too. Exactly. There's 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 been a growing uh, amount of people who want physical things like. Mm-hmm. It's kind of started off with vinyls, I think, and then the cassettes were a byproduct of the vinyls being popular. For some people, yeah, a lot of people, but also, like, um, proper cassette management is more popular than ever. I think more yeah. prominent. Our community takes care of their tapes, right? Yes, yeah, certainly. And uh, well, like I did, I I took it down to the little man in the corn shop, and he fixed it up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, there's a weird uh, mic sound. I don't know what that was. So we've talked a lot about Vaporwave and our love for it, but what exactly does it do for you? What does it offer you? And what does Vaporwave mean to you? Wow, that's interesting. Um, 
yeah i it offers a new world of music like that's so brand new in terms of music as a whole history mm. um if you think music started in like the 1400s you know so in terms of a music that came out in 2010 that is super new and it offers me this sort of like a lot of the aesthetic it's like is this the future you know have i heard the future here right now wow it's it's such a weird yet mystifying feeling ethereal like, Yes, like when you sit back and you think, actually, what is Vaporwave? And then you start to get all philosophical and then there's debates over what it actually is. But at the end of the day, it's an art movement. And it's been a very big part of my life because I've never had a project this bloody successful. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and now that I'm into the community so much with a project that's successful, it means so much to me that it happened and that it worked and that I'm working in it as well. Yeah, I guess so, you're invested in it now, sort of, right? I am. I feel like I'm not goofing around anymore. This is actually a proper hobby that I'm taking seriously and I'm thinking about what I'm releasing um, and I'm making music that I really want to put out there. So, you know, not half half-hearted stuff. It's full yeah full-on heart mm -hmm. yeah it's it's really cool how powerful vaporwave can be for people you know people oh, listen to music so powerful other genres all the time and it's like yeah hip-hop woo rap classic rock r&b whatever you know it doesn't <laughs> doesn't it's completely overwhelm your life yeah it does it is overwhelming <laughs> it's never underwhelming i've never i've never sat back and thought Vaporwave is not very big because it is and it's growing and it'll mm -hmm. continue to grow. It's, it's not going to die. People say Vaporwave is going to die. It's not going to die. Look at what has happened this bloody year. Yeah. You know, Electronicon. Wish I could go to that, but I can't. <laughs> You're going to Groove Horizons though, right? Yes, I probably am going to go to that, yeah. Sick. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. And it's funny, Melonade um, messaged me. He's like, are you coming? I really want you to come, you know, stuff like that. So it's so nice that people want me to be there as well. Well, they have, it looks like it's going to be a good show. I think they're selling quite a few tickets now. Yes, it does. I haven't actually bought mine yet because I've come back from Tokyo two days before. So I'm just hoping there'll be some left because I, I just don't know whether I'll um, be able to get there in time. I'm, re I'm, I'm going to try though. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, logistics Definitely. and sleep. Yeah. And, exactly. and I'll be jet lagged as well because traveling from Tokyo is a long ass flight. Exactly. Yeah, that's crazy. Why are you going to Tokyo? Just a holiday. Um, me and a mate just going. He loves anime and manga and all that stuff. And I love, obviously, the Vaporwave. So it's like a dream holiday for both of us. Nice. Have you ever been? Nope. Oh, never been before. That's going to be so cool. Yeah. I've been to um, Osaka before. Uh, mm. But I've never been to Tokyo. So, But, but I've heard the two are very different. Oh, for so, sure. Osaka's like um, traditional sort of, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, there's less... Uh, well, no, I wouldn't... I don't really know. There's just a different atmosphere there. Well, obviously, I don't know until I've been to Tokyo to compare it. But what I've read and what people have told me when they've been to Tokyo, it's, it's much more. Um, it's just much different. In in lots of aspects, it's different. But there, yeah, they they both have elements of each other in them as well. But yeah, you're exactly. gonna have a great trip, dude. That's that sounds really exciting. Yes, thank you. Wish I, I could enjoy that. Wish I could go. I've never been. <laughs> <laughs> 
<clears throat> well, I'll keep you, I'll keep you posted. It's expensive getting there from Canada. God damn. Oh, yeah, from Canada, yeah. Yeah. One day. Well, we bu- we booked um about a year early and we saved about 700 pounds on the whole trip. Well, Ooh. think of it this way, seven nights in a four-star hotel and flights was just under a thousand pounds per person. I don't know what that is in. It's like fifteen hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So that's amazing price per person. That is really good, especially because Japan is expensive. Tokyo. Yeah. Woo, watch out, hotels especially. <laughs> yes. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. But that's all been paid for now, so all we have to worry about is food and getting about and transport. Transport's not bad, but food's yeah. a little bit expensive. But yeah, I'm prepared. Yeah. They've got lots of cheap options too. Yeah, and over there, um, the actual idea of buying shop-bought food is actually quite a luxury. Yeah. Like, um, over here, and I don't know about Canada, but over here, shop-bought food is, like, cheap, it's nasty, it's not very nice. Like fast food, right? Yeah. Yeah. But in Japan, it's, like, it's proper nice, it's, like, an actual meal option, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and clean and... Well-presented. Well-presented, there's no rotten tomatoes in the back. Oh, no, you know, certainly not there. <laughs> my brother worked at McDonald's one time, and he was a supervisor, and he had to not, like, do anything about the rotten tomatoes. He, they just left him. If anyone said anything what? to him, he would just tell them, don't worry about it. Yeah. I got a sec. <laughs> I know. <laughs> wow. I'll okay. never forget that. That is... um. Mm-hmm. They probably, like, yeah, cut, cut the mold off after... Yeah, you know when when your when your grandparents like just cut the mold off, it'll be all right. You know, from the piece of bread that's all moldy. Yeah. Then what they don't realize is, for mold to form on the top, it has to go through the whole bread first. Yeah. <laughs> like, I ain't even Thanks, that Grandma. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know how grandparents just want to feed you to the brim, don't they? Oh yeah, for sure. You've you've had three burgers. Have another one. Because mm-hmm. you'll never know when there'll be another. Yeah, this may be the I last up. one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So to, to bring it back to Vaporwave a little bit, what are your thoughts? We talked a bit about this, how 2019 was a, a good year, but I want to know what you think uh, the future of the genre is going to look like. Maybe it's going to um, kind of lean in a certain direction or there's a lot of different genres maybe there's going to be one that gets more popular some ones that yeah. die down or something just the growth well I, I think we've hit the point now where we've stretched the limits of vaporwave so much that it's actually it's actually not falling under vaporwave anymore so i think in terms of mm. completely original ideas it's gonna not be so much but that is not bad because there will be new sounds out there and people experimenting with um ideas based on other things that have already been made like my original slush wave releases um I, there's very very mm-hmm. few if any that have actually made original like j-pop samples and then put them in there um so that's the sort of idea behind that um as i say slush wave was becoming a bit stagnant um in the last couple of years and uh, people like me and from tokyo to honolulu and um music docs project i can't remember what it's called i think it's called dream channel um, we're all trying to bring Slushwave back into the mainstream and Mindspring Memories. Um, we're all trying to bring Vapor uh, Slushwave back into the sort of main breadth of Vaporwave as well. Um, and it's it's kind of working. It's it's growing, and 
obviously projects like mine are getting more popular and slush wave is because i hear people ask what's slush wave and it's like no don't say that <laughs> we want it to grow so it's growing but i'm glad people are asking because they're obviously discovering it somehow and then like oh this is interesting what's slush wave you know so i think i think there'll be growth and declines and little bits like that but the actual breadth has already reached its limit i think yeah i always wonder like what genres people listen to sort of like and do they know about all of them do they <laughs> right yeah because it's so many vaporwave so big it's like i could be missing out on so much i don't know about and yeah dream channel you mentioned that guy is actually a dear friend of mine support oh, him really? yeah he has a record on aloe city it's sold out now yeah. but there's a lot more work on the way from him keep your eye out for him yeah definitely some killer slush wave right there dream channel it's nice to be on aloe city as well with with an amazing roster of artists like him oh um, absolutely i'm so glad aloe city came back <laughs> shout out to you guys the, anyway yeah it's really interesting to see how the genre is changing and it's an, an exciting future 2020 is going to be nuts for vapor 2020 is going to be like the 2012 of uh, the first generation you know because this year has been like the 2011 yeah. it's growing 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 2020 is going to hit another peak i reckon it's going to be like a sine curve mm. it's going to have highs and lows and we're on our second high at the moment and then mm -hmm. we're going to have another low at some point don't know when that's going to be maybe like 2025 or something yeah oh wow knows? it's crazy to think about it lasting that it long is. It's also crazy to think that when I'm an old man, yeah, I'm in my 80s, that music from the 1980s will be 100 years old. <laughs> mm -hmm. And people will be sampling Vaporwave. <laughs> people will be... <laughs> They'll be taking sand out of the desert. Yes. <laughs> my grandchildren will be like, hey, granddad, I sampled this old artist called Desert Sand for Warmer Night. Oh, really? Exactly. This <laughs> super old stuff, it's like, doesn't sound new anymore at all. Yeah, it sounds awful. Yeah. Oh, thanks, <laughs> thanks, grandkids. Yeah, thanks a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, that was really popular. We used to have concerts. There was <laughs> New York. It was great. <laughs> there was one in this country as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There were two. Yeah. No, it's the show's actually on that topic. That's going to be really exciting. Do you have any plans to maybe perform live? someday see i want to see I'm some live slush wave yeah exactly see i'm interested to see i'm hoping that because i've heard like kite 0080 and people like that they're going to hopefully record uh parts of the concert and i'm hoping that somebody will record telepath full set because i'd like to see what he does um and then i'll probably take ideas from what he does and use it mm -hmm. but i wonder if melanade oh sorry no uh, melanade was actually messaging me um saying you should really do something I, i'd really like to do something with you which is interesting blending future funk and slush wave but there we are um that's the new genre <laughs> um i know nothing about live performance though i'm well, apart from obviously like acoustic performances like piano and guitar i play that sort of stuff just just get a whole bunch of independent tracks and layer them up live and just do your thing bro hopefully you can do it quickly <laughs> I imagine that takes a while to get everything lined up perfectly. <laughs> Doesn't always work out, like you said. Yeah, yeah. I should just make them listen to like the twenty, thirty-minute songs. You know, <laughs> force them to stay on stage. Yeah, 
It's like, you will listen. I'm going to be here for five hours. You're going to listen to all of it. Mm-hmm. With just a slow zoom on the album cover. <laughs> it's just one pad for five hours. One really. pad, yeah. One chord. <laughs> and then, like, at two hours 30, I add a ninth. Oh, shit. And everyone, like, looks around. Oh, my God. Did he just do something? Yeah. <laughs> no, there, I saw a video of there was a like a, an instrument someone built in the 1800s or something and it's supposed to ring a bell or something every couple hundred years and it rang last <gasps> couple, two years ago or something i <laughs> you heard of I've that i've been to the i've been to the cathedral where it's being played oh what, what is yeah. that it's it's a piece by john cage called as slow as possible yes um and there's been performances of like some woman played it on a live performance for 17 hours but this caught this little organ in this chapel in i think it's germany it was it was on a, i think yeah it's definitely germany i think um and it's it's gonna it's a concert that's gonna last 650 or so years yes that's the one <laughs> and we heard and the next time, note that's what it was yes yes then they, they do a chord change and there's like it's a ma- it's absolutely packed on the days when there's a chord change there's like people everywhere <laughs> It's like the most exciting thing they've ever seen. That's so vapor, bro. It is. I love John Cage, though. <laughs> yeah. What a guy. And obviously, 4 minutes 33. I don't you know. I, this I'll, I'll check it out. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's the piece where it's just complete silence. Oh, that's deep. It's, it's, it is deep. And um, we have the show over here called the BBC Proms. Have you ever heard of that? Night of the Proms? Proms. I have not. It's a very big classical music concert Sweet. and it's done in a very famous hall in london the albert hall and um they perform like all these famous pieces and it's normally very busy when the four they decided one year to do four minutes 33 on the last night of the proms and the last night of the proms means it's like the biggest most famous you know the most outrageous music mm-hmm. and they played four minutes 33 and apparently the hall was the busiest it's ever ever been wow that many people turned up to watch absolutely nothing happen and hear nothing and hear nothing yeah because john cage was all about like there's no such thing as complete silence you know stuff like that that's why he made it mm-hmm. and there's a bit it's funny because if you watch the video there's a there's a bit of comedy as well because the, it's a full orchestra and the conductor just stands there ready to go obviously nothing happens yeah and after the after the end of the first movement <laughs> you know, he gets out like a little cloth for his pocket and he, he dabs on his head like he's exhausted yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's funny it's funny man for sure gotta keep it i wonder if his his family's generation will be the next conductor for when it happens next time exactly it could mm-hmm. be four minutes 33 being performed worldwide <laughs> yeah we'll live stream the whole thing uh yeah it's, it's so interesting you said uh just thinking about silence and I guess getting all those people together adds to the variables of being able to experience that silence. And when you pull it off, the more people, it probably makes it a more powerful moment. Yeah, I also think it shows that people do appreciate like the weird side of music, you know, because this isn't something outrageous like Penderecki or something, which is, you know, what they call unlistenable music. Mm-hmm. This is more. This is more. You can you can play this on. A fucking spoon you can play formats 33 on a spoon you know anyone can play it <laughs> we oh, we did a joke at uh, school about five five or six years ago um we got uh 
a coffee coffee flask, and we performed four minutes thirty three on the coffee flask. Mm-hmm. Um, like the whole school loved it. In front of yeah, <laughs> it was the it was the final uh, act of this little concert we were doing, mm-hmm. and it just been a it's just been a very impressive piece of Chopin played by this very talented girl, and then then me and the teacher come up with a co- coffee flask and perform four minutes 33 yeah that's pretty cringy <laughs> it's amazing um, but cringy people were looking around thinking like that we were we were waiting for like some instruments or we were or the technical thing was broken but then yeah at the end we bowed and everyone looked around like what the fuck's going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah it certainly gets people thinking it does it does that's the main the main thing um so i have a couple more questions about your records if you don't mind yeah um one the midnight you have so many right it's like (laughs) it's gonna be a long (laughs) podcast midnight mansions the collab with virtual reality deluxe you mentioned a little bit now tell us about that how did it get started did you know it was going to be a collab from the beginning where did the uh the theme come from um well i'd I'd known uh, Virtual Reality Deluxe from a few labels that we'd been on together, and I saw his music, and I thought it was pretty cool. Um, and I mess—I literally just messaged him saying, this is really cool, do you want to do a collaboration? So we knew it was going to be a collaboration from the start. Um, and he chose some really nice samples, uh, some really upbeat uh, 80s samples. Um, so it's sort of similar to the Drowning thing. Mm-hmm. And he slowed he slowed it down, and he gave it to me to chop up and add the effects, and it worked beautifully. It worked very well. Yeah, and they're all they're all collab tracks on there, so they're they're all made by me and him. He did all the slowing. Both yeah. of you. Cool. How does that work when you're working over the internet in different time zones? Uh, when you're working on the same song. Funnily enough, he only lives about a hundred miles down the road from me. Uh, so. Oh so no way! Time zone was not a problem with this one. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that before well, reaching I out? Said, I said, "Are you British?" He said, and he said, "Yeah," because I'd seen it on his like Bandcamp profile, and then we sort of talked, and we were like, right. "Oh my god, we're like in the same part of the fucking country." <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was so. What are the it was odds? So useful to I know what are the odds? Yeah. Uh, it was so useful to have the same time zone because we could work at the same time. It would be morning for him. It would be morning for me. <laughs> yeah and just just working on the same song seems more tricky right like i you don't want to step on each other's toes um, and accidentally do something that might contaminate the song we never even had to voice call we just did it by message because it ran so smoothly he would find a sample he would slow Mm -hmm. it down he'd give it to me and he sort of trusted me he said he didn't give me any guidelines or anything he just said just do what you like um and he yeah he really he said he really enjoyed the final product uh, that came out of it um and he never had anything happen to him like like this in terms of the cassette selling out so fast and so i remember him messaging me on snapchat and he was freaking out because like, they sold out so quickly what the fuck um, and then the global pattern had to put out 25 more and then they sold out quickly and he was like what? what's going on and it was so nice to see um uh, somebody else who was working with me get this sort of attention as well mm-hmm. i thought it was great 
And he's been making music for a while. He certainly has, and he deserves so much more attention than he's getting. He's such a good artist, and he picks yeah. up a lot of inspiration, definitely from Waterfront Dining. So if you like Waterfront Dining, go listen to him. It's it's similar stuff, but it's all good, and it's all original. Mm-hmm. Virtual Reality Deluxe. Do you have any dream... Um, speaking of collabs, do you have any dream collabs? Well, <laughs> one of my dream collabs was Cats as Paul, but now that's happening, so... Yeah, I was... <laughs> Um, exactly. Obviously, I think one of my biggest dreams is telepath. Um, working oh, yeah. with him would be an absolute fucking mad time. Oh my goodness, I would have so much. I would be such a fanboy, though. Um, I doubt that's going to happen because he's. <laughs> well, very... he he does a lot of collabs. He right? does have so... a lot of collabs. Before they were back in the day. Um, yeah. and I don't think he would be up for anything what the style i'd be looking for because he's he's moving on to more traditional ambient stuff now so mm-hmm. can't wait to see him i'm so thrilled to be able to yeah. at 100 electronica There's so many people who i know um who are going and i just i wish i was there you know picturing meeting all these people in real life be madness you know and sorry oh right <laughs> yeah i'm sorry to bring oh it sorry up. <laughs> sorry i thought you, i thought you talked about something was wrong with my microphone i'm sorry about that no, all good, man. So I am that was completely misunderstood. That was. <laughs> so we have a question from someone on the magazine. Oh yeah, Sheepy, Sheepy Turtle. Yes, I know Sheepy very well. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, um, and she mentioned that this is kind of a running joke a yes. little bit, and it'd be funny to get an actual definitive answer on the okay. spot. So. If you were to pull the old name switcheroo, what immediately comes to mind? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, I just got clever saying when you say name switcheroo, do you mean like um, editing with well, a son name? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay. I just make sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is a bit of a running joke. Um, they they play with your name a Thanks. lot in the general chat. <laughs> yeah. If you ever in Pirates <laughs> Magazine, you it's like pinned. It's like Desert Sun. Oh, there's so much. I don't know. I guess <laughs> if I were doing a switch, I would probably just put Desert Sun if he was cold at night. Yeah. <laughs> the true version. The, the tr- non vaporwave version. There's been some really dodgy versions. I mean, I've done it on Twitter. Um, blank feels warm at blank, and I've got some brilliant responses. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I don't know who does it on Privacy Magazine, but they've done it twice now where they've put Desert Sand Feels Warm at Night, Feels Warm at Desert Sand Feels Warm at Night. <laughs> I can tell you who that is, probably. <laughs> I, my guess would be No Chill. Do you think so? That's his humor for sure. But if you just read through a few of them, you've got like A Corpse Feels Warm at the Moment of Death, <laughs> <laughs> Spaghetti Feels Warm at the Right Temperature. Super slush wave. Love. So slush. This is from R Infinity, who you interviewed very recently. Um, yeah. He said, love feels warm at death. Ooh. Ooh. Um, <laughs> Marky put zero Celsius feels warm at zero Kelvin. <laughs> Touche. Touche, yeah. Um, yeah, and Porter Vong, the legend, put my money feels warm at all times. <laughs> Good old Porter Vong. I hope they're recovering well for after their car accident or getting yeah. hit by a car. Yeah, I know he's. Well, they, I should say. Um, Porter is 
He's a key member in our community now. He's funding us. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I, I hope they're okay. Yeah, absolutely. We're us clients have nowhere to turn. I know. I mean, I've been on phones with them for hours at a time, but now nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, um, I think that's all of my questions. Oh, okay. That's nice. It was an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Do you have anything you want to say before we uh, start to hit the road? Well, I just want to say it was it was a great time being here. And again, to everybody who's managed to listen to my annoying voice for this long, <laughs> um, just I'm so glad that everyone is just everyone who's chosen to support me. You know, buying my cassettes, listening to my music, downloading my music, donating money to my bank account. It means everything to me, and I'm just so happy to have made this journey up to the point where I am right now. It's just mm-hmm. such a nice feeling to know that people actually care about your music, um, and I think about it a lot all the time. Actually, I always I'm always looking at my stats, you know, how many plays I've got and stuff like that, and and it's always it's never like zero. There's always at least you know ten twenty streams per day, and I just. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing. So it's been a brilliant journey and I hope it continue to be. Yeah. Well that that Cat Corp split sounds very or the collab I guess sounds yeah. really exciting. And I think yeah man, the it's a complimentary relationship I think between the fans and you because we really love your work. Like there's no question about it. Thank you. So yeah, it's not a surprise. <laughs> and uh must be really nice to see all the warmth from the community for sure Um, but you deserve it like you put you put it out there not just with your music too with your um the demeanor that you have when you uh post and just talk to people yeah um i i was talking to somebody recently it's probably i'm probably one of the only vaporwave artists where they actually talk a lot about the name as well like you know my unique name and how it's so long and how it's so strange because it's because artist names are quite short and snappy and but mine is different and i think that's part of what makes the whole style of my music different as well mm-hmm. everything's drawn out even the name even the <laughs> even the name yeah if the tracks weren't long enough for you look at his bloody name <laughs> yeah cool well man I don't know this. I don't want to end the conversation, but we're going to have to. We can't keep people here all day. They've got other albums to listen to. (laughs) Yeah, precisely. It was a lot of fun. It was great getting to talk to you. We'll talk again soon. And uh, yeah, be well. Hopefully the weather gets more, uh, more reasonable over there in England. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. It's been, it's been so fun being here and make sure you get some proper sleep this time. (laughs) <laughs> yes yeah i had three hours last night look after yourself you know didn't you have a nap uh, earlier today I, d- I did not take your suggestion <gasps> too many things <laughs> you need to yeah, look I'll after have yourself a have a nap <laughs> yeah i'm pushing myself too hard with this shit <laughs> not really though all right dude i think we're gonna have to let you go all right But thanks again. It's been fun. See you later. Cheers.
All right, guys, that wraps up my interview with Desert Sand. Definitely check him out if you're not following him already. He's got a lot of albums. Like I said, it's about 16 or so, and it's really great work. And you should follow him on Twitter as well. He's very active there. And follow us on Patreon, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, whatever you want. We'll probably be posting something. Thanks again, as always, everybody. We're going to leave you with a couple songs. Enjoy the slush. The sand. Enjoy the sand. At night. In the desert. (laughs) Okay, bye.